Welcome to the Embrace Podcast. I'm Andrea, and by tuning in, you'll hear both encouraging and entertaining stories of faith from my circle of friends, Christian authors, and experts in the fitness industry. For listening today, I'd like to offer one month free to my daily workout program with code EmbracePodcast at EmbraceMovement.com. That's EmbraceMVMNT.com. I'm so excited for our new guest. We have Megan Holmes. She runs She Lives Purposefully. It's a Bible-based digital resource for women. She wants to equip, encourage, and motivate women to living a life for Jesus. Hi, what's up, Megan? Hi, thank you so much for having me on. It is such a pleasure to actually meet you virtually um, and, and be on your podcast. I'm so excited. Yes, definitely. You know, I was looking at your website and I was surfing around, bought a few things. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I forgot to say that before we started recording. I thought no, I liked the Bible studies and I was like, you know, these are great gifts for a friend. And you guys, she has, you know, $5 studies. I got one on uh, Psalm 23 and it's a 12 day, uh, it's a 12 day one. And, um, and then there was like a, a little reminder, like a little wall hanging that says be present. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. My sister's coming in town. I'm going to just give that to her. But so you guys, you know, check out her website for many other reasons other than it's a great blog and she's got a lot of great information and it's a resource. Um, something I liked about, you know, Megan's content is that it said like about me and it's like her favorite was ice chai latte, uh, ice chai tea lattes, a uh, very fancy girl. <laughs> I, have, I, I honestly, I have one next to me right now. I'm not going to lie. It is my, Prove it. Wait, I'm literally, here we go <laughs> from Starbucks. <laughs> I, <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. That's, that was funny. I was like, Oh, okay. That's a drink. Cause in New York, we just drink it black and we're like <laughs> nothing fancy. Don't touch it. Just give it to me. Like I need caffeine. That's the only reason I'm drinking this. I don't want to enjoy it. No, I'm just joking. But, and your favorite book of the Bible is Esther. It is. Yeah. So I, I lead a girl's Bible study at my church and we went through it a couple years ago. And I think it was the first time that I really studied it instead of just kind of going through and reading it. And I absolutely fell in love with the book. Definitely my favorite book of the Bible right now. Awesome. And your favorite verse is Hebrews 4, 14 and 26. Why is that your favorite verse? I, I read that verse probably like a decade ago um, and just fell in love with it. When I was growing up, I grew up in a Christian home um, and just really struggled with doubts and um, just knowing what was true and what I believed in and was really just found this verse. So it basically says that Jesus is a great high priest who has, um, who can sympathize with us in our weakness, um, but we can come boldly, you know, before the throne of grace in him. And I just loved it so much because I, I loved the fact that it didn't feel like Jesus, Jesus was judging me, you know, in a sense for, um, for struggling with those things, like he really could sympathize and I can come boldly before the throne of grace for help, um, to God, the father, because of Jesus Christ, because I was trusting in him and believing in him. So I, I just love it because I think, you know, as whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, we all, um, are struggling. And, and if we do believe in Jesus, we have him as an advocate. And that's just so beautiful. Mm, I love it. What do you mean by advocate? I think just, um, I guess kind of somebody who, really, I imagine it almost like you're in a courtroom and he is the one who, you know, is defending you and, and on your behalf and strictly, you know, because, um, he has paid for my sins and it's all covered in his blood, but he is the one who can go before the father in a sense and, and really, um, I guess almost speak on my behalf. I guess that would be kind of the definition I would give that. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I love it. It reminds me of that verse when it talks about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is an advocate for us. Mm-hmm. And so the Holy Spirit goes and basically prays and murmurs and, and, and mumblings, you know, to the Lord. Um, I love that because sometimes it, it just feels like the Holy Spirit's with us. Right. And then we have Jesus and God and, and, you know, they're a triune God, they're all together, but it's like, it's like, sometimes you just want, you just want a middleman, you know, because it feels like God is, can be sometimes so far away. And it's like, even just thinking that, you know, having an advocate, having someone in our corner, having someone we can trust, having something that, you know, spiritually is with us and is for us is so helpful, you know? It's such a beautiful visual. And it's funny too, because like you said, you know, it is like three in one, but it still is helpful to have that visual as like, um, yeah, as having an advocate before God, the father, I think it's, it's so yeah, beautiful and very reassuring, I think too. Yeah, cool. So you guys, I just want to give you a little background on Megan. So she said that she found this verse a decade ago. Well, I asked (laughs) Megan how old she was. Okay. She's 25. So when she was 15, she was like, Oh, I love this verse. Okay. So, um, you know, she's very ahead in life. I would say that most 25 year olds probably can't speak about the Bible or speak about their faith in the way she can, which I'm really inspired by. Um, but I found the, one of the reasons why I'm sure there's many reasons she is a PK and I love all PKs. That means pastor's kid. Okay. And so I just want to know, Megan, what was your, your walk with God and what was kind of your, you know, personal testimony. If you have your dad, you know, worked as a pastor in a church. So there's a lot of pressure there, right. To like grow up and to be, you know, the good kid that everyone's looking at, but also like, how did you make your faith your own? Oh my gosh. Such a good question. It's funny because, um, so I'm a PK, my dad's an MK, which is a missionary's kid. Um, and oh, wow. <laughs> so I feel like growing up in this kind of world where, where there almost is the sense of pressure was, kind of the only way that I thought like people, you know, grow up very differently. And to me, this was so normal until like later on, probably college, a friend of mine too, her mom is really active in the church. And, um, we kind of, were just talking about how really we felt this whole pressure our whole lives. And we thought it was so normal. Um, so I would say that definitely grew up having my dad as a pastor really did feel like the pressure of being perfect definitely was on me. And I think it was mostly self-imposed, honestly. Um, Parts of it, I think too, you just kind of naturally feel that pressure because people are looking to you as like the pastor's family. And there's this kind of just, I guess, opinion of what that's supposed to look like. And my mom is also very involved in ministry. um, And she actually was a teacher at the Christian school that I went to. So having her to be a teacher in that school was just like an an extra emphasis of um, you have to be eyes on. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, So I think in some ways I am totally thankful for it. I love just being able to grow up in a family that um, really saturated me in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I think um, I am the way that I am because of that. I really, I really am just so thankful for my parents and the way that they just poured out the love and knowledge of Christ onto me um, forever, you know, since, since the day I was born and just hearing stories, you know, my mom praying me over me every single night. Um, I I'm so thankful for it and so thankful to Jesus for it. But I think too, on the flip side, um, I really think that I grew up with this self-imposed idea of almost legalism in there because I really was feeling like I had to be perfect. And there's a standard that I have to hold myself to that I felt like 
almost I was the only one who had to hold myself to that standard and I was the only one who had that standard. Um, so it was very this legalistic kind of vibe that I really, I think as I got older, I had to, and even still sometimes have to work on breaking out of and recognizing like, no, you know, you don't have to be legalistic and you don't have to be perfect. And like you, like, I don't, there's so much beauty, I think, in just recognizing and freedom in recognizing that Jesus is the one who's perfect. <laughs> and, and two, very almost pharisaical when we, when we think that we're the ones who um, have to live up to that standard on our own. Um, so I think there was a lot of growth in that too, if that makes sense. Um, growing out of that kind of self-imposed perfection idea. Um, yeah. Did it make it ever hard for you that you know, to accept grace, to really, to really feel like you needed grace. Yeah. A lot of my friends that grew up in the church, or maybe let's say, for example, um, if you take your Bible, you guys, and, and if you're like flipping through it and someone says, Hey, go to Jeremiah and you open it up, they called that swords. It was like a game where like, you needed to be the best at like opening up your Bible quickest. And so like, then they would say like the next one, okay, like now we're going to, now we're going to go to, you know, revelation, or now we're going to go to like Exodus. And you would just be going back and forth. And the first person to have it open to the front of the book, like they won, you know? And so it was like, then they got candy or whatever. It's like, like I didn't grow up like that, but I have girlfriends that did and they, and they really do struggle with accepting grace in a way that that reminds them that they need a savior, you know, because they are the the type of um, personality that just they're like, I can do it all myself, you know, like, um, did you ever have a, a, an experience like that, where like, it was hard for you to really accept what Jesus did for us, like, as if you like, desperately needed it? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I would 100%. So. And I've talked with this friend of mine, too, who I brought up before, um, just, I guess, really, almost very much aligning with, you know, you have the story of the prodigal son aligning with the brother who's kind of bitter. Um, and just because you've been there, you know, the whole time and um, really faithful and all of these things and, and just kind of that, which is sin in and of itself. Do you know what I mean? Like having that mentality is not at all what the Lord calls or asks for or wants. Um, so in and of itself, I think um, I've definitely struggled in that area. And two, um, and I think this is actually really common too among PKs and just I think a lot of people who grew up in the church really desperately almost wanting like um, a really cool quote unquote crazy testimony and just this experience where you can say like, this is when Jesus absolutely changed my life. Um, because I think when you grow up in the church and let's say that you believe in Christ at a really young age, um, it's hard to point to that defining moment sometimes, I think. And I think it happens, you know, as you get older, like I could say that I believed in Christ and accepted him as my savior when I was really young, but I had transforming moments like later on, like in college and different things like that. But in high school, oh my gosh, I struggled so much with doubt because I didn't really like see that moment in my life. And I heard about it from pastors and other people, but I didn't see that for myself. Um, but too, like you're saying on the flip side, part of me being like, oh, it's so great that the Lord has grace for that person because like, I'm good, you know, like I, I'm a good person, I guess. And growing up in a very like perfect bubble, I think really, I guess helps me kind of have that idea. Um, but again, I think a lot of it was very self-imposed rather than like, that's never the message that I heard, you know, but it's mm. just, I kind of believed for myself, even if I wouldn't, like, I don't think I would have ever said that out loud or even mm. thought that I believed that, but very subconsciously it was in there for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Cause that's a very real thing. People go to church, they hear the same message, but there is hundreds of people hearing the same one and they are all interpreting it different because their story and experience and, and personal walk with the Lord is so different, right? Like we're varying people. So our interpretation of every message is going to be totally varied, you know? Um, so yeah, I get that. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, why did you start? She lives purposely. And we kind of already heard about like, you know, your journey leading up, but you know, um, yeah, just tell us more about uh, the project. Absolutely. Yeah. So I started She Lives Purposely as a college graduation project. It was like senior, I guess a senior project, almost like a senior thesis, but project version. Um, and everybody had to do one and it basically just had to be big enough to, uh, um, cover like two semesters worth of work. So I remember sitting there really thinking about what I want to do. And I remember thinking like, I really want this to be something that is impactful, not something that's just gonna get me passing grade and get me graduated. Um, and flashback a couple years to when I first started college and I decided that I wanted to major in communications. I remember really feeling like I want whatever I study and whatever I learn to be used for the glory of God. So when it came time to have the senior project, I was like, how, how can I kind of incorporate that? Um, so I majored in communications and this project basically became me interviewing six different women who I felt like lived purposely um, and just telling their story to encourage and kind of um, inspire other women to live purposefully, whatever that looked like for them. So they had very, varying stories. One was a um, TV news, you know, caster. Another one was a photographer, entrepreneur, missionary, um, public speaker, different things along those lines. Um, so I basically just told their stories and eventually it just continued. People were really encouraged by it, which was incredible. I had a counselor that I interviewed and knew people who ended up going to counseling because they were so like encouraged by this woman's story about the power of Christian counseling and all these different things. Um, so I was like, I want to be able to continue this, you know, and I really felt like the Lord was kind of putting it on my heart to do so. Um, I don't know if I would ever say I'm positive he wanted me to, but I definitely felt like he wanted me to. So I just continued it as a blog had interviews here and there, and now it's a podcast. Um, but I would say that a big reason that I wanted to talk about purpose um, was around the same time that I started the project. I um, was reflecting on a season of my life that was really difficult for me back when I started college. Um, my grandmom passed away um, really tragically. She was murdered, and it was a really difficult season for me. It was like the first um, I think really a hard thing that I had gone through because it felt very unnatural. I had had, you know, grandparents pass away before that, but it was very um, natural. So to me, it didn't hit in the same way as this did. Um, and really shook me to the core because I think up until that point, I really saw the Lord as my defender and protector and good to me because life was good to me. Um, and so I just assumed, you know, like, because I was being faithful, that's just what, you know, the Lord had me in this perfect bubble because I was his. And when like somebody popped that bubble, um, it totally shook me entirely. And, um, I spent months genuinely crying every single day out to the Lord, struggling with doubts and, and really struggling with um, coming out of a season of what did I believe, entering a season of I know that like God is true and I know that this is the one way, but like I don't know if you're good. And having some really real mm. moments of I don't know if I want to serve you because you're not good to me, you know, um, and really trying to 
coincide having God who is all powerful and all loving, allowing a situation like this to happen to my grandmother and just our family. It just was not making sense to me. Um, and so anyway, long story short, went on a retreat and um, we opened up to second Corinthians one, which says, blessed be the God. I have it actually written here. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which okay. are comforted. This is crazy. Cause me and my husband literally read this verse yesterday for his <laughs> Bible study that he was supposed to be doing. Yes. Oh that exact God. verse. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Is it as a comforting, like it's, it's supposed to be like, you know, how can we comfort others with the comfort that we get from God? That was kind of the question in his Bible study that was based on James, but kind of taking a, you know, a verse out of Corinthians, but oh my gosh, that's so I exciting. That. So second Corinthians one, and what was it? Nine through 10. What was this? The, this, this these two verses are three through four, um, three through four. Okay. Yeah. He goes on to talk about too, like he was so afflicted to the point. I think it basically says like that he, it felt like death to him. Um, so it's just this very intense trial, you know, and, and I really resonated with that when I was reading it, but just seeing like the fact that God one wants to comfort us two is acknowledging affliction and three kind of has a purpose in all of it with those words. So that we can comfort others with that same comfort that we got, um, was so powerful to me. And like that single night we started worshiping and I just burst into tears. Like I was just sobbing and really felt like all of this anger and frustration and doubt that I had felt for months now, like drop, like it just was like this spiritual moment. Um, and we actually sang a song. Um, it is, I am set free and I forget who it's by, but, um, it, there's this line that says you are the hand that reaches out to save. And just three days before my grandma passed away, um, that song was sung and it was kind of a moment for me that I always remember to free me from a different type of trial. And so the fact that that had been sung in that exact moment when it was almost like the Lord was really trying to speak to me about this situation was like everything to me. I feel like, um, to me, it really felt like the Lord was like, here's just another emphasis. Like I am speaking to you, you know, I see you. Um, so mm -hmm. flash forward, I'm making this project and I'm really dwelling on that season of my life. And I'm thinking to myself, like if God has purpose in pain, then he has purpose in every single season and in every single day of our lives. Um, you know, if he can make purpose out of the worst situations, um, then he can bring purpose out of everything. And, and we are called to really live that out, I think, and glorify him and live knowing that there's purpose even in today. Um, so long story short, that is where Sheila's purposely came from. Wow. Thank you. I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm so blessed that hearing that, uh, a college project could come out too, you know, maybe even a part of like you know, your career and like helping you expand and get into, you know, the work that you want to do. The fact that it was like a feeder through it. That's really cool. It's a really cool story of what God's doing in your life. Thanks for sharing that. Wow, man. I'm so sorry about your grandmother. I just like have to say, I'm sorry. I'm like, what? you can't hear a story like that. And then just be like, cool, let's move on to the next subject. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, that's so hard. And like, you know, I think people overlook the fact that Christianity is is, is life, right? It's a, it's a lens that we view life because we have faith, but, um, hard things happen to everyone, right? Like hard things happen to Christians and people that are not in the faith 
And everyone has a different way of leaning on something or being grounded or, you know, looking to it somewhere for an answer. And, um, you know, it sounds like you, you know, doubted God because, you know, believing that he's a good father that would allow something like that to happen is, is really hard. Um, I struggle with that too, the protection that mm. God has over us versus, um, you know, cause I know that we are protected in Christ Jesus. I know that we're protected by the blood. I know that he's not going to give us an easy life. He's going to allow trials to come, but for our growth and character. So I know those things to be true, but then when I'm going through hardships and trials, they, there's a natural resentment or anger that comes towards the Lord. That's like, why me? Why this? This isn't fair. Or I should, I didn't sign up for this. Like, yes, you did. You signed up, you signed up for this because it's life and you don't get a choice to just like turn life off. Right. So it's like, okay, yes, you're, you're here. Okay. That means you're going to participate. You're going to participate. <laughs> no, honestly. And I have to say that I loved, I actually read it years later. Um, it's called suffering by Paul Tripp and it, was helpful in the way that I years later, again, started to really finish processing, I guess, everything that happened, um, with my grandmom, I would totally recommend that book. Um, and it, it really spoke to, to, I think why I was so shaken by it and talking about how, like what we believe about God before we enter suffering is absolutely going to affect how we handle it. And subconsciously I was believing that like, life is going to be totally good because I'm God's and, and it was not the case. So when it wasn't good, it was like, what is happening? Um, but when we really, when we recognize that like that, those little lies like that actually aren't true or biblical, um, and really cling to God for who he is. I think it really does help us when we enter trials, you know? Um, so yeah, just a little plug for that book there, totally unsponsored, but it really totally changed my life reading that. So, um, yeah, very helpful to me too. Yes. You know, I wanted to connect you with an episode that we just did and uh, her name is Vanitha, beautiful name, honestly. And she, she actually oh, no. has Vanitha.com, which is crazy, but, um, she, we did it at hers a couple of weeks ago and it all has to do with suffering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've, I think you would really benefit from checking it out. I was really blessed by it. Um, she's actually a writer for TGC, the gospel coalition, and also, um, uh, uh, gosh, what's the one that John Piper leads? Um, Desiring God. Is it that one? Yes. Desiring God. Yes. So she, she writes about suffering for them and she has had like literally every, every terrible thing that you could have happen to you being in a wheelchair, you know, struggling with polio, um, you know, uh, marriages, divorce, infidelity, um, uh, uh, an infant death. I mean, like literally like 10 times more than just what I mentioned. And like, she's still like, although she, you know, struggles, has doubts, goes back to the Lord, struggles, goes back to the Lord. Like she's able to come each time with a stronger and stronger, more in-depth faith than she ever would have had before. And it's a beautiful episode. So I'm just like hearing you talk about such a tragic death. And I'm like, it's all, it's crazy how we can relate to each other. And maybe someone's listening to this episode that, um, has been through something that's so, you know, like shaking like shaking their life. Like it just shakes them up that they're like, okay, I really need to hear, you know, that there's hope, you know, and that someone else is, is finding that silver lining. And I think it always helps to remind us that, you know, the silver lining is there, even if we're not ready to, to, to focus on it yet, you know? Yeah. And I think too, even just jumping off of what you're saying, first of all, I really need to check out that episode. Um, that would be incredible to hear. Um, but it got me thinking too, of how before I feel like that situation happened to my family, 
I, you know, could have been talking to somebody who was really going through it and, you know, tried to spew something like encouraging or, you know, one of my best friends, um, she struggles with Crohn's disease and she has forever and she's gone through surgery after surgery um, and medicine after medicine, you know, um, very much in, in a life of struggle, I guess, you know, you could say. And um, I feel like, like, I don't know, mentally, you could be like, well, you know, there's sin in the world. So there's suffering in the world and almost like try to, right. you know, have the answers. Yeah. But I feel like too, when you really have gone through like anything, you know, and it doesn't even have to be like the worst ever, or just like even minutely, like kind of hard. I think that suffering, you really can't sometimes, um, like I've heard friends be like, well, this doesn't compare to that. And I'm like, well, it is your, you know, your suffering. And I feel like when you have gone through something like that, it really becomes real. And that's when you have to really like beforehand prepare for things that are going to happen because suffering. And I think you said this earlier does come for all of us. Like it does. Um, so to really prepare even beforehand, even if you think like, I'll be good, like (laughs) really for the truths that God has in scripture about that, I think is really, yeah, just really important. And, and there is a, there is kind of maybe not funny, but like, there is kind of a place where if you're in a situation where you have something terrible happen to you, people come forward and try to comfort you. And like, I have a friend that, you know, something terrible happened to him and there was like lines of people. And he just like, I wanted to write down what people were saying because it was so weird. Like people say the strangest thing, like, like, you know, someone passed away in his life that obviously was a very meaningful. And, you know, I, I, someone told him that, um, you know, they could understand what he was talking, uh, what he was going through because their, their dog passed away and, and they just started going on and on and on about their dog. And he was like, are you really talking to me about like, and comparing this to like, you know, my, you know, spouse passing away was just like a wild, like comment that he just was like, so surprised that they thought was so appropriate in that moment, you know, but it's like, but then, but then you think about us being on the complete other side and we're like, I just want to say something that's going to be meaningful. I just want to say something that's going to be helpful. I want to be able to say that I've gone through hard times too. So the heart behind it is not the issue, right? That issue is they want to sympathize. They want to make things better. They want to help. But then the reality of it, sometimes it just comes out so strange, right? It's like, oh my gosh. Or like someone said, are you, um, are you still grieving? And it was like two weeks after their spouse had passed away. And he was like, yeah, like, are you oh. so great? Or like, are you still like mourning over it or something like that? Like as to the point of like him being like, uh, why wouldn't I still be going through this? Like, no, I'm done. I am moved on. You know, it's like not realistic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, it's hard. And I think it's important to just to know that like Christ is the perfect comforter. Like it says in that verse, like God is the God of all comfort. And it's so relieving because the fact of the matter is like either we sometimes can comfort poorly or like we receive comfort that is just like not what it should have been at all. You know, just quotes like that. Really, you were saying that and my heart like hurt like on behalf (laughs) as if I was hearing it, you know, firsthand. I'm like, no, no, no. Um, Right, right. I know. Well, this is kind of a sad part of, you know, the podcast. So let's get moving to something a little more joyful. Okay. Um, I would, I want to talk about dating with you and this is going to be our last topic. It, it's just, I know you're going through the season of engagement. Exciting. Congratulations. And you're getting married in August. What's your fiance's name? His name is Donnie. Yeah. We're super okay, cool. We actually, we met in high school, but didn't start dating until after college. Um, we went to our high schools. We went to a Christian school. So it was banquet. Um, but 
we call it our high school's prom. Um, we went to prom together and then kind of disconnected throughout college and reconnected afterwards. So yeah, really, he's, he's such a great guy. I love him. Wow. Awesome. Cool. So, you know, your dating season and, and giving, you know, other women advice, you know, I'm sure that there's singles and dating and married people that go to your site or that, you know, that, you know, how do you, has dating changed and how do you advise people biblically in these areas? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I think the way that I would answer that is just talking about one of a really popular kind of idea of questions that I get in the She Lives Purpose DMs a ton. Um, and a lot of it has to do with kind of, like you said, how dating has changed in this dating culture, um, which allows for a lot of um, crummy guys. I mean, I'm just going to say it to like, really, I feel like ruin the lives of like women who just want to be loved. You know what I mean? Um, oh my gosh. Oh, my heart hurts. Yes. No, uh, yes. Yeah. That's what every song is written about. So the facts. <laughs> no, these girls, you know, and I feel my heart aches because they're in my DMs asking me, you know, um, just about these situations where like this person hasn't talked to them in a month, but they're technically still dating or like they're totally ignoring them or the way that they're treating them is just like heartbreaking. Um, and I, and I feel like one way that dating has changed is, um, making everything so, 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 so casual has allowed, has opened this door to like have girls and guys, you know, get their hearts attached when the opposite person is not doing the same. Um, and that can happen across the board, however you date. But I feel like when we make it so casual that we're just chatting and just texting, or, you know, we're just DMing, we're not actually going out, we're not hanging out, spending time together, even being in the word together or different things, it opens the door for such heartache and such mistreatment of each other. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that I just, when, when this question came up, that was the first thing that popped into my head was kind of um, those questions that I get in my DMs and just an encouragement to every woman, because I do think, um, and every, every guy even too, but um, just being a woman, I think that I can relate to this is just this real want and desire to be so loved but just the importance of not settling for for somebody who doesn't respect you or love you in the way that they should and even if this is pre you know the I love you <laughs> just like basic respect and like kindness and um those kind of things shouldn't should always be present you know and if they're not then I think um it's okay. It's okay to want more. And I think sometimes we need to be given permission to, to have higher standards and want more. Um, and it can be so mm. hard and confusing, I think sometimes too, but, um, yeah, I would say don't settle for, for, for less than what you, what you deserve, you know? Um, that's good. So I don't think that's, that's really, really good. There's your question, but that just is something that popped into my mind from, from that question. Yeah. So playing off of that, you know, don't settle. Okay. What about when people are in a situation when they're dating someone, maybe they're in love or maybe they've just been into it a long time. So they're invested, right? It's not even about the quality, but it's about the quantity of time that they've been together. And it's like, okay, how do I either, you know, believe that either God's going to help me or this guy is going to, you know, rise to the standard that I want to hold, or should I really break up with this person and start over and hope that I find somebody that I like as much as this guy that's maybe better for me? Oh, that is such a good question. And I, I honestly, I think I would say that depending on who you ask, you might get different answers. Um, my advice would be, I would have to say is really 
I guess, depending on the situation and depending on the person, like that same message of, of not settling. If, if this person is either not loving you in the way that they should be loving you or, you know, not walking with you in the way that they should be walking with you in Christ. Um, and I, I just different standards that you have, then I think you could like look back and see like how much time we've been together. I don't want to start afresh, but then at the same time, you have so many more years to go. Like, do you want to be in that situation for all those years that are coming down the road? Um, so I think from one perspective, I guess you could look at it that way and be like, okay, like I, do I need something different? Do I need something that maybe hopefully the Lord has something for me better? And even honestly, like, are there times when you're like, it would be better for me to be single right now than to be with this person, you know? Um, but I think from the flip side too, and I don't know if you could speak to this even, but I am sure that there are situations when people have kind of stuck it out and maybe it has gotten better. So, you know, the Lord can kind of redeem all things. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think it is just such a tricky situation, but ultimately I would say like the Lord wants so much good for us. And he, that doesn't mean always, you know, that he wants everybody to get married. There are people that he calls to be single for sure. Um, but I think like, let's say you're in a relationship and you're like, I would so much rather be single right now. Like it would be better than, than being treated you know, like this no matter how long you've been together yeah like like you, you can you can tap out if you're dating you know um <laughs> tap out. like okay you know what? enough is enough it's like <laughs> right yeah so I do feel like it's a very tricky situation and I don't know if even you would have a different opinion or if you agree I I really feel like it's situation per situation but I I really am a, such an advocate for high standards and I think I just always have been and maybe it's just because of the way I've grown up I don't know um Oh, it's good. I like that. I, I like that because, you know, when I was, you know, dating, I, I dated guys that weren't in the faith. And that was, that, that was a mistake I made over and over because I didn't really meet Christian guys. So for me, like, um, you know, it was my proximity. I wasn't involved in church. There's a lot of my own like decision-making that affected that, but I never actually knew anyone especially male that was, um, that was on fire for Christ. I never got to see that in anyone. So I didn't know what it looked like. And I didn't, honestly, I tell Peter this, my husband, and he doesn't believe me, but I'm like, I didn't even know that it really existed. Yeah. So like for all the time that I spent going to church, not really being involved, but listening to sermons, attending church, not meeting anybody, but really just attending and leaving because I, I had this like obedience, like from back when I was really young, that I knew it was important to go to church on Sundays and I loved it, but I didn't really have an encouragement of like, you need to be involved. You need to have Christian friends. Like you literally can't just go and listen and be isolated with, um, you know, wherever you're working and your work friends. And so, and so for me, I was like, almost like an, a disillusionment of like, okay, but God, that kind of guy doesn't exist. I have these high standards. I've been holding out for a while. They're never going to come my way. The guys that come, you know, my way, I'm in love with them. Like I, I, I love the way they treat me. I love the way things we do together. I love the chemistry that we have. And then, and then I would just fall so hard, um, you know, because event, eventually I wouldn't get what I want out of the relationship, which was either an engagement or a marriage or someone that would go to church with me or someone that would, um, you know, also, also pray with me. That was something that was so foreign to me that I had never prayed with a guy before. So like, I didn't even, I couldn't picture it honestly. And then once I experienced it, it was like, oh my gosh, like, I felt like God just like opened up, you know, a huge floodgate of like, do you see what I was asking for you to want this whole time? And you, and you didn't even, 
you know, you just wanted your own picking and your own choosing and you wanted to, you wanted it to happen, you know, this way. And, and I have, I had so much more for you, you know, and, and it just felt like it was like, oh my gosh, like I woke up, you know, it was like, wow, this can be so much better. You know, I feel like I, no, I totally agree with that because I think sometimes, and if there's somebody listening who needs to hear this, like there are incredible people out there. Like there's incredible guys out there who love the Lord and like are passionate about Jesus and are going to treat you well. Like that is, that's so true. Like I am marrying one and so many of like the people that I have either grown up with, like in the church or I'm friends with are those type of people and they totally exist. Um, but just like you were saying, like, um, this idea that like you have something and the Lord was like, couldn't you see like how much more like amazing this was that I wanted you to desire and to have and to see. Um, so yeah, I think it's so cool because the Lord really does want the best for us, you know, and, and sometimes Mm -hmm. it does involve like sacrificing something that is not as good. And, and I think sometimes that'll be very evident almost like we'll be able to be like, there's a reason like this was not good. Um, and yeah, but like, we do have to kind of like let some things go in order to receive like something that the Lord actually does have for us. Sacrificing something that's not as good for something that will be better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hoping that the better is going to come because if not, then you're going to look at what was good and you're like, Oh man, I could have had that. That's, that's the fear. <laughs> and I, that is so important too. And it really, and this is something can't, I definitely have struggled with like looking back and being like, Oh, should I have like, you know what I mean? like not wishing something, but you're just kind of confused, almost like questioning, did I make the right decision in whatever thing it could be? You know, it could be a college or a job or like a relationship, but really I think have, am growing in and hopefully will continue to grow in, like really owning the decisions that you make. Like, and I was talking to somebody um, who I interviewed actually for She Lives Purposely. And I love to quote that she said in that hindsight, hindsight is never 2020. And we think that it is because we can look back and be like, oh, I should have done this. But in some situations, like you will look back and you don't remember exactly how you felt in that situation. You don't remember all the circumstances of that situation because you only look back and you see the good parts of it. Um, so hindsight is never actually 2020. So sometimes you're like, I made this decision and I'm going to own it and I'm going to move forward and trust that the Lord can redirect me if he needs to, if I'm following him. Yeah, that's so good. Oh, I love that. Okay. This is my last, um, specific question. Very specific. I don't know if you're ready for this. So we have, um, a listener on here and she's a good friend of mine. Um, I'm so proud of her. Uh, she's in med school right now and she does our embrace movement workouts and, I was involved in her relationship that she was in, um, prior to, um, med school and she was engaged to be married and, um, they seemed like they were really perfect for each other, honestly. And I always wondered if even then when it didn't work out, if it would, if it, if it would circle back, you know, eventually, but, um, great guy seemingly. Um, but then right before the wedding, something really sad happened, actually, you know, they had not agreed on a certain topic and that topic started unraveling as they were getting married. They decided not to go through with the marriage, you know, probably the day before. So it was kind of like a big, like, do I want to get married and then get divorced? Or do I want to, you know, maybe not marry this person. But the question was concerning, um, a topic of prenup. And I know that, you know, divorce in general is really casually normal in, you know, today's world. And I think if somebody said, oh my gosh, you went through a divorce. That's terrible. They would maybe think in their mind, Oh, that's so much money. That's so much time. Whereas like a Christian would be like, Oh my gosh, you went through divorce. Like that's so much heartbreak. That's so terrible. Like emotionally. And like, 
you know, what was meant to be lasting forever didn't, you know, and so the world would say a prenup, of course, it's normal to avoid financial, you know, um, you know, craziness, but because she believed that in scripture, like, uh, there was no need for a prenup because, you know, that money, like, was going to be theirs together and that, you know, they weren't going to get a divorce. They weren't going to break up. So, you know, like, because he wanted her to sign one and he just thought it was so normal. Um, and she, she was like, I feel like this is against what I'm supposed to stand for in my faith. I can't. And so, you know, they, they didn't end up getting married, but like, have you ever heard of anything like that happening? Mm, that's such a good question. It's such a tricky one too. Oh my gosh. I, yeah. Donnie and I, neither of us have enough um, money too, I guess, really feel like we need to even enter that conversation at all. Well, um, it wasn't like their money because they were young. It was like their family, I think is somewhat successful. So I think it was like, like, oh, if something happens to where we inherit something, you know what I mean? I think it was more of like a guideline. I wanted to make that clear. So you didn't think they were like 50 year olds that were no, like established no. professionals, but <laughs> I think it's, it's definitely tricky. And I do, I see your friend's point in the fact that like, if you're, if you're kind of asking for this beforehand, then it is almost leaving a crack open for like divorce. Like, well, if this does happen, you know, um, are we prepared for that financially in a sense? Um, and I remember when we, we just finished up premarital counseling and they were talking about like, um, how divorce in a marriage isn't even, and this was their opinion, but I really loved it. Like, isn't even something you should joke about. It's kind of like, Right. Like even just making like jokes about it, whatever, like don't even let that enter into like your home because like that, it just isn't even something that you want, like creeping in your mind. And so like mm-hmm. how much more like a formal agreement of like, if we do get divorced, like what is, what does that look like? Um, yeah. So I, I think it's tricky. I don't know if I know anybody personally who has been in that situation. Um, yeah, I don't know if I know anybody personally who, and I do think I have heard multiple opinions from Christians on the topic as well. So like some who are like, well, like, you know, you never know, I guess. So you could just do it. And others who are like, you know, the same idea. Well, like we are opening, you're basically like making provisions for that to happen. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually met somebody who's been in a situation like that. Well, if anybody is listening and you guys have any comments on this exact situation, I'm definitely going to, you know, make sure that my friend that was going through that, you know, sees these, I think it's a time in in her life where, you know, now she's gone through it. She's kind of looking back and going, do I have any wisdom to offer other people? And also do people, you know, have they been through this and is this common or is this, you know, kind of still wondering, did I make the right choice? You know, that, that feeling, um, or should I date again? Is this, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed of the situation that happened where I canceled my wedding. Like, you know, this is a chapter of my life that's kind of unsettled, you know? And so um, if you guys have anything that you've been through, you know, let us know in the comments, let us know in, you know, DMs or whatever, reach out if you guys want. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. And if it is an encouragement too. So I, I will say that I don't think I know anybody in that specific exact situation, but I do know people who have broken off at engagements, even like multiple times too. And I think wow. it, one heartbreaking, and I really am sorry for your friend because that's such a hard situation to go through. I can't even begin to imagine. So I, that is definitely incredibly hard, but two, like, I love the fact that, um, 
she is wanting to like use the situation and the wisdom that she has from it to encourage other people. That is so beautiful and so incredible. And yeah, like I would just even love to hear what she, what she would say. Cause I think it's beneficial, like whether you're in a similar situation or you're not to continue to spread that wisdom and encouragement to other people. Yeah. I just love that, that she's taking that hard situation, you know, and even like in second Corinthians one, like kind of this purpose and a painful situation to be able to mm. spread comfort and encouragement and wisdom to other people. That's so beautiful. I love it. Let's end there. Can you read it again? I know earlier when you read it, I like freaked out and you probably <laughs> never finished. So let's, let's be able to, you know, end on that and, and go ahead and just read it. Absolutely. So this is in second Corinthians one, blessed be the God and father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Wow. So good. Thank you so much, Megan, for coming on and sharing so much wisdom and sharing about your company. And you guys, um, you can find her at shelivespurposely.com. And then do you have an Instagram as well? We do. Yeah. So it is at shelivespurposely, um, straight across <laughs> all lower. Um, no, okay. Like that. Yeah. I always like, don't want to say it unless there's like some kind of under underscore or whatever for them, but yeah. And you guys jump in her DMS. She already said she accepts that and she will write you back. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much Megan for coming on. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thank you guys. We are a women's program that helps build a daily routine around Bible study, prayer, and fun fitness workouts. Get a month free with code embrace podcast.